is this thing that I want to do a good idea? And I was like, uh, you want my opinion on this? <laughs> <laughs> when, when did that become a thing? <laughs> <That happened. laughs> I'm Steve. And I'm Zach. And this is Fireside Swift. How's it going, Zach? It's going well. You know, another another week gone by, another week in the house. Um, <laughs> Getting tired of looking at the inside of your house? Uh, you know what? It's funny. We have gone on walks, my, myself and my family, every mm-hmm. day at lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been nice. We've kind of just gotten nice. out about yeah. in the neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, and then after work, um, after work, well, actually after dinner, uh, the family's headed to the backyard and we've actually, uh, we've been playing family kickball games. Oh, that's cool. Basically every day this week. I hope, uh, you know, you're, you're, um, enforcing all of the rules of kickball. It's a very, very strict environment. Yeah. This backyard <laughs> kickball game we have. <laughs> uh, are, are you the home run king? Uh, no. That would probably be Lauren. Lauren's, oh. Lauren's aggressive. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Has anyone gotten hit in the face yet? <laughs> Not in the face. Uh, there have been plenty of plenty of headshots. A couple <laughs> to the back. Um <laughs> but for the most part it's been it's been real good. They've been you know, nail biters. Every nail game's biters, been yeah. nail biters, yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's a good way to kinda just get outside and relax a little bit without yeah, that's cool. getting all the way outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this week uh was the first week where the weather re- like officially changed to spring, I I would say. Um mm-hmm. Like uh, it's 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 been nice, you know. It's rarely not nice out here, but it's like when I go outside, it's just a little cool. So I have to like wear a sweatshirt. Um, and I think on Wednesday, yeah, Wednesday, I went out to take Rocky for his morning walk, and it was just like eight in the morning, gorgeous, just oh, just nice. beyond beautiful, like the the best day it could possibly be. And so I was like, all right, I'm just I'm just going to work on the patio all day today. Uh, and I did. And it was fantastic. Uh, mm, yeah. Excellent. Well, you know what? I I didn't tell you about um, the, the Easter shenanigans. Oh, yeah. Easter. Yeah. So um, let's see. The night before Easter, I stayed up with Lucy because she was uh, she was crying. So I was like, you know what? Okay. It's not a big deal. I'll stay up with her. Um, I'll get to sleep in a little bit tomorrow. The girls, <laughs> you know, Easter baskets and whatnot. So they're excited about that. But still, mm-hmm. it's it's not getting up as early as I typically do. Okay. Well, five fifteen in the morning, uh-huh. uh, our alarm starts going off. Okay, wait, <laughs> what? A, like house alarm? Yes. Oh, not yeah, there's not normal wake no, up alarm. Not normal wake up alarm. House alarm. Uh, okay. Apparently, there's a uh, tornado warning. Oh, in effect. Yeah, there were some bad storms that were about to hit us. Okay. Um, and there were a couple of tornadoes that touched down around us. Do you have a basement? We do not have a basement. Not many people in Texas have basements. What? Um, what were so you, we, what would you have to what would you do? You get into the uh, most interior interior room of the house. 
Okay. Right. So you want to get away from all windows uh-huh. and, and doors as many as possible. So that is that is the girls' bathroom. Okay. Essentially, it's right in the middle of our house. Uh, it's all closed off and everything. Uh-huh. Um, so we had to wake the girls up, move them because it was it's bad. It's bad when the weatherman is talking about tornadoes coming and uh-huh. he shows a map with a big arrow of like the the most dangerous part of the storm and it's like right over your house. Ugh. Uh, yeah so that was that was how we woke up on easter um the girls were uh very very nervous well emma was right my, mm-hmm. my oldest was, yeah. was nervous uh claire thought it was a lot of fun <laughs> everybody being piled in with the dog in their tiny bathroom oh, um, the luckily uh the storm hit us right at about Oh, it was like right at about six. Okay, is when the when the storm wall hit us, and at six fifteen, the uh, conditions had deteriorated enough that they let the tornado warning and watch drop. Oh wow! And, and how like how are you keeping track of this in the bathroom? Well, so phone? so I was I was watching TV and the I was watching the TV in the living room while Lauren oh, so you got the were, girls. You weren't well, following the directions. <laughs> up up until uh, up until I saw the map with the arrow basically pointing to my house where the weatherman was like, "It's bad right here, exactly. <laughs> right here, this area here. It's gonna be bad." Uh, mm-hmm. And so I was like, "Okay, I'll I'll head in." And then yeah, no, I had uh, I followed the local news on Twitter. And they okay. had their their they were broadcasting over Twitter, okay. um, so I was watching it on there. Uh, you heard the rain just start pounding on the house. You heard the winds pick up, uh. um, and it's like the the lights went out for a little bit. Um, they came back on pretty much immediately, but it's one of those things where you're like, okay, how stable is it going to be? Is it actually yeah. going to cut out for good now? Mm-hmm. Um, but luckily, it was it was basically. 10 minutes of real real tense nervousness and then everything was fine and it was a gorgeous day outside the girls were done with their easter egg hunt by 6 30 in the morning Ugh. because so like after after the news after the weatherman said you know the the warning was dropped everything yep. is back to normal now we're all going to be okay yeah the girls perked up and the easter bunny had hidden eggs in the bathroom where we were hiding Oh, so they saw the eggs, <laughs> but they didn't. They didn't notice it really until after they knew everything was safe, right? <laughs> and so then they go, "Wait, hold on, there are eggs in here." I wonder and where so, the rest are. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So we were we were done with all the Easter festivities by six thirty in the morning. Jeez, oh, what a way! <laughs> hey, what a way to wake up! Uh, yeah. It'd be I, I'm I'm glad that uh, that was it and was not worse. You yes, know, very. Yeah, thankful. and luckily, luckily the tornadoes that did touch down around here, mm-hmm. um, because we live in Texas and there's mm-hmm. lots of lots of uh, pasture area, um, they just hit uninhabited land. That's good. Uh, and there there was a uh, the last I saw there was only one report of a structure being damaged and it was a house that had its roof torn off. That's terrible. But it it is that is terrible. But given what a tornado could do, yeah, it's. I mean, I'm. I wouldn't want it to be my house. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Well, but, especially in a quarantine, right? Um, right. Exactly. Even better. Exactly. Um, um, so 
I mean, I felt lucky that it didn't kind of rip through. Because you think about like Nashville and mm-hmm. all the places that had been hit kind of yeah. recently by a recently. bunch of tornadoes. Yeah. You see all the pictures. And that's what, that's exactly what I was envisioning is like my neighborhood looking like that. Yeah, that's a I'll, that's a whole lot of nope. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of the reasons I have chosen to live in California for a while, <laughs> I did live in Kansas. Um, and uh, in the year and a half I lived in Kansas, there was an F5 tornado ripped through, uh, I think it was called Greensburg. Um, and, uh, the crazy thing was I had been in that small town and not even that small of a town, but you know, I guess compared to California towns, it was very small, <laughs> right. uh, but, uh, you know, had, had a high school and everything. And, uh, I was there the weekend before and, uh, cause I was uh, visiting a, a friend down there and, uh, Gosh, like, I mean, it's just amazing to think, like, the next weekend it was gone. Like, one yeah. week there, next week gone. And yep. the only thing still standing was the high school gym. Like, wow. that was it. Everything wow. else was flattened. Yeah. Um, and that's, I, I no, like, that's no. not yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you know, good for you that all live in <laughs> Tornado Alley and all that, but I'm, I, you know, I'll, I'll risk the earthquakes, you know, <laughs> at least all my stuff falls in one place. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, this is the first tornado warning we've had here since I've lived here. So luckily it's a, yeah. a rare occurrence. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was, and it's funny, like, so the, the storm actually blew through and it was done by eight o'clock in the morning. And then the rest of this week has been Perfect blue skies and 60 degree <laughs> weather. We've had California weather ever since that terrible storm. Well, 60 degrees is a little cold, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to take 60 degrees because next week it's going to be 102. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I, I used to love the weather around, uh, tornado season. Uh, like in fact like i remember um being outside in kansas when it was like you know just just if i would remark about the weather it's like man it feels so nice you know like the weather's like there's no like just like the lightest breeze and like you know it feels pretty humid it's just like it just feels nice outside like it's overcast so it's like blocking the sun it just feels so nice and then like people who live there goes yeah it feels like it's uh, they all like look around like there's gonna be a tornado soon like what this is tornado weather <laughs> what a messed up weather like <laughs> don't, don't do that to me <laughs> i know it makes you want to be outside it's so nice and then it tries to kill you uh oh yeah i mean what what are you gonna do right I don't live there. Don't live anywhere near there um, <laughs> at all. With their deceptive weather. Patterns. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I guess we should cover some follow-up, huh? Yeah, let's let's get to that. Yeah. Let's start with uh, Matt Kruckberg, of course, uh, one of the one of the hosts of Not Another Swift podcast. He said, "Catching up on Fireside Swift with episode one twenty four on stress." You guys are spot on with the feeling of not wanting to do the podcast, but feeling way better after recording. It's hard to put that in words exactly, but that was me a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Matt, like that's that's every single time. 
been a very yeah a very common occurrence like you just sit there and you're like really this is not something that i feel like i have the energy to do because you know you want to do the job well um but you know if you're lucky enough to be doing this with someone that Mm -hmm. is easy to talk to for you and you get along with well it it helps you out um kind of a lot and i i am lucky enough to have that yeah and like even when i want to sit like i feel like i want to sit down and do the podcast i even then i feel better afterwards too it's like i feel like i accomplished something uh had a great conversation with one of my best friends and it's like yeah it's just it's a great feeling and it's like if you don't have something like a podcast to, to help you through those stressful times uh hopefully you can find something that provides that same kind of good feelings uh whether that's hanging out with your partner or playing a game of kickball in your backyard or <laughs> getting destroyed by a tornado, you know, um, you know, the things that Zach likes to do, mm. um, <laughs> you know, wh- whatever it is. <laughs> okay. Barely surviving that's, a tornado. How about that's that? That's just how I live my life. <laughs> on the edge <laughs> uh yeah it's good to find something like that and i'm glad yep. matt that you were able to uh to work that out that uh you get to do what zach and i do which is awesome <laughs> yeah I, you know what if if someone is out there you know you're feeling stress and you have a good good friend you don't you don't need to have a podcast to, to talk to them for a couple of hours just call them up and have a conversation yeah yep <laughs> Totally. Uh, we also heard from Mr. McSwift face. Uh, this guy's been a stranger lately. Yeah. Um, well, so, and you know, what's funny is like, there's no, no contact with him for a while. And then all of a sudden he's basically asking us to do a show on voiceover because <laughs> apparently he asked a question on stack overflow about it. So I, I mean, he was either wanting a show on voiceover or asking questions or on stack overflow. You, you know how hard it is to understand British tweets, right? <laughs> Uh, you have I to did, read everything with that accent in your head and it just yeah, it gets i know i know I, I did see this tweet um it sounded like he wanted us to do a show on voiceover um and if that's the case i think he would have to come on the show again because i don't know much about voiceover <laughs> do you do you know anything about voiceover Zach? i know next to nothing about it so maybe we'll have to have him on if it's asking questions on stack overflow i have the experience of doing one question on stack overflow <laughs> so Wait, what if what if Ben pitched the idea of having a voiceover episode only to get invited on the show? Oh. What if that's his plan? Oh, then maybe not. Mm. You know he is kind of duplicitous like that. Yeah. What a big word. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know he's interested in evening out the the Ben wrestling match, but we had to that's have um, uh, our... Uh, yeah, Benji on first, so exactly. Yeah, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we'll have to have them all on together to kind of just settle it all at once. <laughs> uh, we also heard somebody else who uh, he was part of the uh, the wrestling match too, right? Yeah, <laughs> of course Joe, he Joe was. was in this. Okay, if you interact with this show enough, you're going to be a part of the wrestling match. <laughs> yeah. That could be that could be the guarantee we have. Uh, yeah, so, so Joe Cab uh, said, uh, love these episodes from the battlefield. Um, I get to live vicariously through you all, even as a hobbyist who never had to do a take-home project. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, as a hobbyist, you're kind of doing, everything you do is kind of a take-home project, right? 
<laughs> Not really. There's no pressure. Right. It's all a take-home project. Yeah, it is really interesting to think about this. Like, what if I chose not to do this as a career and just did it for fun? You know, right. uh, I would definitely have a different take on all this. So um, mm -hmm. it is interesting to think about. Yeah, yeah, I agree. What if what if Joe Cab tweeted this to get on the show about doing an episode? <laughs> Everybody has ulterior motives. I got it. I got it. <laughs> Uh, uh, finally, we heard from Christo eight seven four two one eight eight zero. I love, I love this one. <laughs> there's been a. Are you the, the like eight eighty seven millionth four hundred twenty one thousandth eight hundred eightieth Christo? That checks out. Probably. That's, yeah, that checks out. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so he said, "Add ZFalgo one." You say you're not into sales, but that's exactly what you're doing when you encourage us to check out things like Sean Allen's course which I finally got after your episode on take-home projects this week. Ah. <laughs> no, but that means Steve's right, and we know he, we know Steve can't be right. Not only are you in sales, you're successfully in sales. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like, I'm, I, I am more than happy to uh, talk about and encourage people to check out uh, people and projects and products that I, I believe are very beneficial and helpful. And Sean Allen and his, his content is something that I believe in. And I mean, it's hard for me not to believe in it because, you know, he is someone who I kind of consider as teaching me mm -hmm. Swift, right? Like I, I, when I say I learned Swift on my own or by myself or whatever taught myself Swift, what it really means is I used a lot of resources to learn Swift and his were a major part of that. <laughs> yeah. I remember you telling me about Sean Allen because I, I, I still to this day, I really don't learn from YouTube videos. It's just not the medium that I, I learned the best from, uh, but uh, you do. And mm -hmm. so you introduced me to Sean Allen and um, yeah, so that's, uh, that's that's definitely been like from the very beginning, you know, I knew who Sean Allen was because <laughs> of you. Um, yes. Yeah. You, you sold Sean Allen's uh, coursework to me as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then we ended up having him on the show. So I, I introduced you to him figuratively and literally. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> and Paul Hudson, too, which is funny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I wanted I wanted you to enjoy all the things that I've enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's uh, Christo. I'm very happy that uh, that you got to uh, experience uh, Zach's salesmanship in a way that, <laughs> that hopefully benefited you. Um, oh, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking sure about this so much later when we talk about his <laughs> his course. I know. I, I'm sure that you're going to get a ton out of that, and um, hopefully, this means that you're looking for a, a job in in iOS development, and that this should absolutely help you get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good good luck. And yeah, good let luck. us know if we can help. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> so Zach. So Steve. Isn't it nice that Apple's being more inclusive? Yes. I mean, Apple's always been very inclusive, but um you just don't God, you don't you don't think you don't think about <laughs> <laughs> you don't think <laughs> you're killing me smalls you're uh, an awful person and you should <laughs> feel bad about yourself you don't normally think about this with their uh their main programming language do you zach no <laughs> 
<laughs> no enthusiasm at all. Um, <laughs> so, um, how did you feel when uh, they made this really inclusive programming language? You know, when they introduced the the you know the, the new thing with with Swift that that makes it even more inclusive. But Steve, how could they have made it more inclusive? <laughs> Because they made it for you and I. <laughs> oh, God. That was awful. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, yes, yes. Swift UI. Swift yes. UI. Yes. It's a topic that we have been dancing around. We've been talking about doing for a while. Um, neither one of us has, has kind of gone too deep into it. We haven't learned a ton of it yet. Um, but like I brought up on the show, I believe last week or maybe the week before, I picked up Paul Hudson. Speaking of of him again, uh, picked up his. You picked up Paul uh, Hudson. Yeah, I picked him up, and I said, "Teach me everything you know about <laughs> Swift UI." And he said, "Why don't you just buy my book?" And I said, "That's a great idea." And I put him back down again, very gently, um, because we all know Paul Hudsons are skittish. Um, <laughs> and I backed away slowly. And I think we're okay now. Okay. Uh, any, anyway, so I, yeah, I picked I picked up his book, uh, Swift Swift UI by example, um, and I read the first chapter, and I thought, you know what, this this is a perfect kind of framework for a Fireside Swift episode. Yeah, and so, I I'm really thankful to you to finally push us into this topic. Uh, <laughs> Like you, I've I've danced around Swift UI for a while. I've uh, you were you put more emphasis into practicing Swift UI by doing like the the hundred days of Swift UI. Uh, like you were doing like three those. days in, yeah, so which is good. more than me because what I did is I think <laughs> I spent one day and I like went through like fifteen of them like as fast as possible, retained nothing. I know, um, and that's that's the that's the problem I have with that kind yeah. of setup as well, which is why you know books and. YouTube videos work just better for me. Yeah. The the key is to actually do a hundred days. So you build the <laughs> habit and you learn yeah. something and it retains. Um, uh, one of like, one of the cool things I, I did with Swift UI is um, a buddy of mine, Yurif, uh, he did a meetup at Apple, like an, actually an at an Apple store. And um, he taught the, the group there uh, how to do Swift UI on an iPad, it was actually using um, the Swift Playgrounds, and we we used Swift UI and made a, a cool user interface uh, there in the Apple Store. It was it was incredibly cool and not too hard, uh, it, even though it was like they gave us iPads, like they loaned us all out iPads and the store, and we had to use the on-screen keyboards. Um, instead of like, it would have been much nicer if they gave us like <laughs> iPad pros with like the keyboards yeah. on them, but no, we, it was the iPads with the on, on screen keyboards. <laughs> it wasn't too bad actually. Interesting. Um, yeah. I, I feel like that, that sounds like it's terrible. <laughs> it wasn't the best, but it wasn't undoable. Like you could actually do it. Um, so it, I, that's a credit to playgrounds and a credit to Swift UI. So I, I have some experience with it. Um, but, uh, I, I know you and I, like, we don't like to talk about things that we don't have a ton of experience with, even though every so often, not every so often, a decent amount of time, we go into topics that we're (laughs) we're only, like, 
you know, you know, have a slight bit of experience with. Uh, this I feel like even less, but yeah. uh, it's important for us to broach this topic because it's it's getting to be time to really start learning it. It is. It is. It's coming. Coming. Pardon the pun. Swiftly. Yeah. Um, now, now, my first question to you is going to be obviously: Did you do the homework that you were assigned this week? Because I know, as of last night, when we were playing video games together, you mm-hmm. had not done the homework. I had not. <laughs> uh, I did do my homework today. Oh, congratulations! I'm actually yeah. a little uh, surprised. <laughs> I did it just before this call <laughs> okay it, <laughs> it was like r- it right after work i quickly opened it and quickly read <laughs> what i needed to read so it's fresh um good but uh yeah good. i did the whole all right cool well, let's let's dive in and something that i love about this book and I, and I love about the way like paul hudson thinks uh the very first point made in the entire book is to not panic right and carry a towel obviously um i thought that part went without being said uh you know because swift ui is a paradigm shifting framework right like everything you know about the way you built your ui isn't necessarily completely changed but it is going to be different yes um and learning new things can be intimidating especially if you know, you've been working with UI kit for three, four, five years, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, you, you don't necessarily want to go out and think, okay, well now I have to start all the way back over to get to where I am now. Mm-hmm. It, that's not a good feeling. And uh, the point made at the very beginning is that, you know what? Just don't worry about it. Um, UI kit isn't going to, go anywhere and it's going to stay useful for for years yes and you're not losing your knowledge it's not like apple came out and they're saying all right if you submit any apps with ui kit in them they're going to be rejected from the app store (laughs) yeah and while the swift programming language was fairly quickly adopted by the ios community we can't expect swift ui to to be adopted as quickly as Swift itself. Um, And that's a very um, important reason. When when Swift came out, it had full interoperability with Mm Objective-C. Swift UI coming out is only, it only works with iOS 13 and later, and of course the other platforms and later as well, uh, like this last year's version of those, those platforms. So, Really, like when Swift came out, you could essentially work with all the devices. You can't do that with Swift UI. So expect it to take a decent amount longer to adopt than Swift. And Swift isn't even com- like there are still some apps that are completely Objective C still. Like it's it's not it hasn't shifted completely to Swift yet <laughs> on the iOS side. So. Expect this to go even slower. So you have time. So that's another reason not to panic. Right. Uh, we could it, we could divine, you know, by looking into the future and see that Swift UI is definitely how iOS UIs will be made in the future. Mm-hmm. When that future is, is very much up for debate. Right. Um, I would be surprised if you found more than a handful of job listings 
asking for Swift UI knowledge at yeah. this point. Yeah. Um, you could probably find a few. I'm not saying they're not out there, um, but the majority is still going to be looking for knowledge of UI kit. Yeah. Uh, especially at larger companies that have established apps mm-hmm. that are supporting iOS 11 still, right? Yep. That means this year they'll drop support for iOS 11 um, and move on to iOS 14. Like the gap, the the range will be from iOS 12 to iOS 14. But because they're still supporting iOS 12, they won't really be able to take advantage of Swift UI for another year until they're fully on iOS 13. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the industry has to be able to support people who don't upgrade their operating system right away. And so it's going to be a little while yet before uh, Swift UI makes a, a big splash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about what Swift UI is. Okay. Now that yep. we've kind of gotten, gotten that caveat out of the way, right? Okay. Uh, so it is an interface toolkit that will let you build your UI in a declarative manner, right? So you're going to tell your, your UI, how you want it to look and work, and then it'll get updated automatically as the user kind of interacts with it. Isn't that what we do now? No, what we do now is actually imperative UI, right? So when you build out an imperative UI, you need to make sure that you have all possibilities accounted for, right? That means you need to keep track of the state of the app. Well, I mean, you, you, you still need to keep track of the state to some degree with declarative. But in, in the case here, it's, it's mainly like you have to specifically handle when state changes right. and change your UI. So right. the example that Paul gives uh, is a great example <clears throat> where your state could be, let's say it's a Boolean state where uh, they either – Um, are logged in or they're not on a particular interface. Okay, so that's two states. No problem. When it changes from they're they're not logged in to logged in, I can change the the text of a button and change the color and we're we're done, okay? And same thing when it switches back, you know, when when, they, they go from logged in to not logged in, I could change the color of the button and the text. No problem. As soon as we add a second Boolean, now uh, now we've got uh, four different states that we could be in. Uh, so uh, let's say there's there's two types of users. There's an admin user and a regular user. So there's logged in as an admin, logged out as an admin, logged in as a regular user, logged out as a regular user. What if there's another Boolean? <laughs> Let's. We could keep going with this. What if it's not even a bully? What if it's an enum where it could have like twenty different options? I mean, you technically have to handle every single one of those case changes. Like anytime it changes from one state to another state, you have to handle that and then tell your UI exactly what to do. Like, you know, literally throw this alert up. You know, show this thing. Change the color of a button. The main difference is when you're going declarative, now you say in all of these cases, like you you handle every single case uh, up front of, you know, essentially like uh, right up front, this is what the UI should do. Um, Like here's all the different possibilities like right up front. And then the UI figures out how to get it into those states based on the state changing. Yep. And I know that some of the... 
some of the worst bugs I've dealt with revolve around state changes. Yeah, like missing um, one or just like yeah. ed- we call those edge cases oftentimes. Yes. I'll have this yeah. massive truth table built out and be like, okay, so the user can be in any one of these seven states. But these seven states are also coupled with, uh, like you said, this other Boolean. Now, what do we do in each of these cases now? Um, And then there are some times when you're like, okay, there's no way a user could ever be in this case or in this state and this state at the same time. And then you you push all of a sudden it is you find out that there's a very (laughs) there's a very real way that a user can be in both of those states at the same time. Yeah, Uh, another example that Paul gives, and it's um, it's something that royally irritates me when I see it. Um, Like if you ever uh, see that little red dot, like an alert dot somewhere in the map, and you go interact with that thing. Let's say it's a button for like messages. You read the message. And then you go back to like the main part of the app, but that little red dot doesn't go away. Mm. That's imperative. That means that <laughs> there was a state that didn't sh- they didn't update the UI based on you doing something. So that's a case they forgot, a case they missed, or they're late on. Um, whereas with Swift UI, because that UI interface would be connected to the state. As the user does the things like access the the messages, um, that state would alter, and because it's tightly coupled to the UI, it would know to change its its uh, well what the UX and UI looks like. Yeah. Uh, so it would do that for you, and it's like it it, it makes it so you're you're less likely to miss those state changes and and. Uh, cause weird bugs mm-hmm. yeah and then again i think moving away from from having to pay as much attention to these state changes um will will yeah. lead me to write better apps i can't speak for everybody but i again like some of the the hardest things i've had to figure out have been around why is the user getting this message when there's no way they should be getting this message yeah well, it, it's also a lot less code, too, because yeah. in, instead of describing how I think this is actually how we should have described this, uh, you know, when when state changes with um, imperative, you describe how the UI changes. So mm-hmm. that ends up being this pretty long thing, you know, like very long, like, you know, like draw the view, animate it up and have this, right. you know, take this many seconds to get there and have curve it out and all that. Um, again, like you're describing how the, 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 the UI changes, uh, with declarative, all you say is what the UI should look like after <laughs> the state changes. And it takes care of the rest. It takes care of the how you don't have to think about it. So it's significantly less code than, uh, than if you were to write it empirically. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine what that code looks like behind the scenes? Uh, so that's what's interesting is like at the end of the day, everything is imperative. Um, that's why it's like it's it's kind of hard right, to describe it this. All, it all goes down into. Yeah. Like yeah. you're just you're not writing the imperative code. Right. Somebody else did. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> and and, and the, hopefully what we gain from this is somebody 
I won't say necessarily smarter than us, you know, <laughs> like or smarter than you, because you may be smarter than this person writing it because bugs happen, right, all over the place, especially mm-hmm. if you're writing imperative code, like decent chance you're, you're writing some bugs in this and you're, you're forgetting some states. It's possible. But here's the thing. So many people will be using the same declarative <laughs> code um, that the imperative code that's behind it that the Apple engineers wrote will get tested more and more and more and more and more. It's the same concept of open source uh, languages and open source frameworks. Uh, there, It's less and less likely to have issues because so many more eyeballs have seen it. So many people have tested it. So... Uh, that's the huge benefit here. It's everything's much higher level. Uh, you know, it's a higher order programming language essentially. And, uh, so it leads to less code and, uh, hopefully better user interfaces. Yep. Yeah. And then speaking of, of interfaces, why don't we talk about Swift UI and interface builders, builder and storyboards? Yeah. Because this is also a pretty big change. This is a big change. And I, I would like to say a very welcome change from all sides, um, except for somebody who's like a super expert in Interface Builder. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everybody can recognize that Interface Builder, while a fantastic feat of engineering, I do not want to <laughs> like you know, downgrade uh, Interface Builder at all. It, it was fantastic for what it did for so long. Um, I mean, I think about the tools that I had for Android. Um, I think about like, I, I mean, I, I I really haven't seen many great web developer tools. But um, Zach, did you know any web tools for building interfaces that were better than Interface Builder? No, I mean, one of the reasons I was drawn so much to writing iOS apps and Swift was was Interface Builder, and yeah. being able to just kind of draw what I wanted on the screen and know that it was going to be there as opposed to dealing with uh, CSS, HTML, and, and any sort of tool that was around those those languages. Yeah, it's so, like, Interface Builder had a lot going for it. It was very, very cool. But if you ever worked on a team at all, <laughs> as soon as you are building a, an iOS app with with at least one other person, uh, you can immediately see the problem with storyboards. Uh, well, maybe not immediately. Maybe it takes you till you you decide to work on the same <laughs> the same storyboard. the same storyboard at the same time, which almost anybody would. Uh, and so, like, all of a sudden, you're, you're committing code and you get a merge conflict, and then you cannot see how to, to merge <laughs> this code together. Um, yeah. So that's that's number one. So it's like, all right, let's throw storyboards out. At least there's zibs, right? Zibs are great as long as you both don't work on a zib at the same time. Well, that's mm-hmm. kind of annoying. Okay, um, because at, behind the scenes on on both storyboards and zibs, it's this unreadable XML document. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like that's that's not great. And that is a problem that Interface Builder and Storyboards has had since its inception. And that's too bad. Like it's it was holding it back. And it's I mean, that's the number one reason why, like at Tinder, we don't use Interface Builder, which is, you know, that we, we all we use programmatic only views, mm-hmm. which kind of sucks. Like it's it's. It's great for us because it gets the job done and we're able to merge code faster. But 
we can't preview our, we can't see like our user interfaces and work with our designers in a way that smaller teams that work with Zibs or storyboards are able to work with their designers. Yeah. In fact, um, you bring that up. I had uh, the project manager today ask me a question about the way uh, the UI will look on one screen once we make a certain change to it. And I was able to send her a bunch of screenshots of storyboards uh, and zips, essentially saying like, this is the way it's built out right now. Uh, We will have to design around this when we get to the point you're talking about. But, you know, you can see kind of where we're going with it. And it's all very Mm -hmm. visual. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I didn't have to. I didn't have to run the app for that. Um, mm-hmm. It made explaining things really, really simple because we use a bunch of container views in our yeah. uh, in our storyboards that are filled with with views later. So mm-hmm. I was able to write labels in each of the views, telling her like, oh, nice. "This is what will be here. This is what will be there, and this is what we're going to do to change that." Um, so being able to to have that power was really, really beneficial for me today. Yeah, yeah. And so, like that—that's a major problem with uh, you know interface builder. Uh, another major problem with interface builder is um, the unsafe coupling between <laughs> interface builder and your code. You mean when I right-click and drag, it doesn't just always <laughs> know everything? It's so cool that you can do that, but. The way that's actually connected, <laughs> if it was tightly coupled, you know, where if I deleted the code on one side, it deleted it on the other side, that would be great. Mm-hmm. But it's not tightly coupled. coupled. Uh, I, I dare you to do this. <laughs> oh, I, I want you to, uh, to, to, to like add a button onto an interface right click and drag or control click and drag that into your code and connect up an action. And then I want you to delete the code for that action (laughs) and then run your app and hit that button and tell me what happens because it will run. The app will run. The compiler does not know that you deleted the action behind that button, but if you don't update the button in interface builder, which is not as straightforward as it seems, once you hit that button, your app will crash. Mm-hmm. And I remember it took me hours the first time I got one of those to figure out how to fix that because I couldn't understand the error message. <laughs> yeah, another another good one that kind of falls into the same category is uh, say you have two buttons that will do similar things. So you have you build one out in Interface Builder, you know, copy the action or do the right click, drag mm-hmm. to create an action. Then just copy that that button in Interface Builder because you want it to look the same. Yep. Uh, and then paste it oh, again. Geez. Yeah. And then, and then uh, connect another action to that that second button and watch what happens when you tap it. Yeah, because usually it has it keeps the connection to the old uh, action, yep. right? It does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's also a frustrating one. Yeah. Uh, you know, another thing is. Um, the uh, like a cell reuse identifiers, which is a string, uh, you yeah, know, don't you don't want any typos in there. Yeah. And so, like, forget how many times have you forgotten to set your cell reuse identifier? Mm. 
Like it's it's yeah, so maybe. easy to forget to do. And then of course, when you get it in your code, you have to cast it. Like so you get you, you're going to like you right. figure out like this string and then you still have to cast it into the type that you <laughs> want it to be. It's so awkward and so weird. We're used to it. But in all honesty, we shouldn't be. That's terrible. Right. <laughs> saying saying like, you know, cell reuse identifier, fireside swift cell as a fireside swift cell. Yeah. Like, you don't need to duplicate that. You, yeah. you know what you're going for. Yeah, it's 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 awful. And you've heard me complain. If you've been listening to this show for a while, you've heard me complain <laughs> about that. Um, I absolutely hate that in iOS code. And we've had to survive with that for so long. Swift UI gets rid of well, at least all of those options. I think there's there are some cases where where strings are still a part of our yeah. of just the UI world, which is awful. But um, in all those cases, uh, those things are taken away with Swift UI, and that's pretty amazing. It's true. Well, I mean, Swift UI is is a Swift only framework, right? So it doesn't have to worry about Objective C. Yeah, Interface Builder existed before you know, Mac OS X and it was designed around the way objective C works. Mm -hmm. So they had to take all of that into account with Swift UI. It is Swift focused, yes. right? So that means that, uh, you know, you can, you can, uh, don't have to argue about programmatic or storyboard based design anymore. Right. Swift mm -hmm. UI, you're going to have both. Yeah. You can, you're going to write all your code out. You're going to have a nice, a nice preview right there. You'll be able to see, what it does, and you can actually, uh, I think you can still drag components in, and it'll yep. populate on the um, in the code. Yeah, yeah, and how yeah, incredible is that? Yeah, no it will right generate code drag. for you. <laughs> <laughs> it will generate code for you, and if you change things in your um, in your preview, it will change the appropriate code. You know uh, that that it's generated for you. <laughs> it's it's so cool. Um, and of course, like if you and I, Zach, worked on the same project and we changed the same user interface, now we can look at our, you know, our, our Git merging tool, however we choose to do that, and we could read what each other, <laughs> what we, <laughs> we have done, and be able to intelligently choose which changes we choose to accept. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's uh, significantly better, and I think it's. This is why we know this is where we are going in the future. Like this right. will be how everybody does design their UIs in Swift. But right. uh, I mean, anything that can raise my understanding of what someone else is either doing or has done, mm -hmm. that's just going to work out better for me. Absolutely. I mean, think about, you know, you see a screenshot of a version of the app you're working on from the past. And you see something that has changed between that screenshot and today. And you need to get it back to where that screenshot was. Mm -hmm. You can go into you know the storyboard or zib or you know programmatically and just try to start adding constraints <laughs> to get it back to where it was. But yeah. with, if it were if it were in human readable code, uh, which you know programmatic based is, I guess, um mm -hmm. you could go back to like through the source control. Yep. And see exactly what changed and when, and maybe even why, yeah. right? Uh, if if people are good about leaving source control comments, um, that will help inform you on the decisions you are making in the future. Yeah, and this is it's similar ish 
to what web developers have had with um, HTML, you know, where uh, you can, it, it is human readable code that turns into UI elements. Um, it's similar to Android uh, with its XML based uh, inter, uh, user interface uh, code. Um, but it's different from both of those, uh, particularly from the Android one, because it is so tightly coupled to the programming language, um, it compiles. It, it, this <laughs> is not a script. This actually compiles into code. So if you do something wrong, uh, you know, with, and, and this is actually a complaint about Swift UI, but we'll come back to that. Um, but uh, if you do something wrong and it can't compile, uh, the precompiler <laughs> will actually help you should help you <laughs> um, should. Uh, you know catch those things early so it doesn't come up in the middle of somebody using your app like you will know if you you haven't set a variable correctly or uh, whatnot <laughs> whereas like those other like web uh, like HTML uh, or Android like things could go wrong uh, and not necessarily just because things aren't connected quite right well you yeah. can't do that in Swift UI. Uh, so do you want to hit up some some frequently frequently asked questions real quick? Sure, sure. So How about, I think uh, yeah, I think Go one of it. the first ones we want to talk about is uh, you know where where can Swift UI be used, right? So uh, we said iOS thirteen and yep. later, I, yeah, uh, I, iPad thirteen, you know, so iPad that's, thirteen, yep, you know, same same uh, thing. Mac OS ten dot fifteen, Catalina, yep, so TVO. not not before Catalina. Yeah. TVOS 13 yep. and watch OS six and all yep. future later versions. Yep. And the cool thing about this is, you know, Swift UI is used on all of the platforms kind of interchangeably. Yeah. And, um, Paul does want to make the distinction that, um, this isn't like your cross platform, languages like uh, React Native or um, Ionic or something like that. Um, it's not like cross-platform in that sense, but um, b- because because something is like some some interfaces don't necessarily use all of the bits of, of Swift UI. Uh, right. For instance, uh, uh, what's a good example? Like a tab bar is not useful on a watch app right 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 you're gonna have certain elements that you don't want uh, or that you want on an ios app that you're not going to want on a mac os app yeah like um actually i think the example used was uh the crown like being able to use the the digital crown is not useful on anything else but the watch right (laughs) so um you can use swift ui for all of these platforms but you're not going to write one Swift UI interface and it work on all of these platforms. Right. Yeah. So I think we want to make that clear. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But you'll be able to jump from platform to platform and use the same, uh, framework. Yeah. The same elements. Yeah. yeah. It won't be 100% portable from one platform to the other. Yeah, but you should once you get good at this, be able to bounce between each of the different platforms and me and and be able to make beautiful interfaces for all of those. 
Exactly. Um, Swift UI doesn't replace UI kit. We kind of talked about that earlier, how Swift UI is built directly on top of UI kit. Um, the important thing is that, you know, Swift UI means we don't need to interact with UI kit as much. So if Apple makes any changes to UI kit in the future, it should, my emphasis, it should <laughs> still work for us. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, one of the things that's, that's interesting, um, and, and just for those of you who wanting, like, again, debating about learning Swift UI, um, Swift UI and UIKit, it's not 100% one or 100% others. other. You can use them together. And there are ways of using UIKit within SwiftUI and also having components in UIKit that are SwiftUI. So like, you know, having having views in, in a UIKit that are just purely SwiftUI. So uh, they are interoperable um, because there are some things in, that are in UIKit that are not in SwiftUI yet. Yep, and we're going to get to that a little bit later. Um, so UI kit or Swift UI, which, if, if you were going to learn one, what should you learn or what would you learn? Uh, well, it, it depends on your goals. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, um, if you're Joe cab and you're just doing this for a hobby, uh, you might as well just learn Swift UI, you know, unless yeah. you, you know, there's certain things you really want to do in, in your hobby and then you could do UI kit. But, um, you, you know, if you're, if you're, just getting started out like you're not being serious about like making this your your career um you know go ahead start learning suit ui now it's fun uh mm -hmm. it's very cool it's easy um at least easier than a lot of the weird things in in ui kit um doesn't have <laughs> uh, it doesn't have those pitfalls um it, it does have some other pitfalls though um so another so you may want to learn ui kit if you know developing ios apps are a hobby, but uh, you don't want to be the first person to do something. Like you don't want to be the person who. Uh, what's what's the joke? Um, oh, I, I think the joke is you want to be the second person. You're, you don't want to be the second person when you're when you're hiking because the snake's going to bite the second <laughs> one. But um, the reality is, like you, you be the one who falls in the pit first. So more like the Indiana Jones example. Yeah. Uh, you don't you yeah. don't want to be one of Indiana Jones' assistants going through the cave first because <laughs> uh, you're gonna you're gonna trigger that trap before anybody else. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, if that scares you, that you. Uh, might run into something that you're going to have to Google and nothing shows up, uh, SwiftUI might not be for you. Um, right. Right. Just because of the lack of adoption and support so far. Um, UIKit's been around for a decade. Yeah. It's it's hard to have a question about something UIKit related and not find an answer to it. I don't, I don't know if you've ever been in the situation where you run up against something, you you can't figure it out, figure it out. You go to Google it and there aren't any stack overflow questions <laughs> about it yet. It's a really, really weird feeling. Yeah. And in general that I usually assume I'm just not asking my question correctly enough. <laughs> and that's almost always the case. Uh, and this is why I have only one stack overflow question, uh, under my belt. <laughs> and that's because I was messing with something on NFC related to something they had just announced, uh, to on WWDC for iOS 13 that wasn't out yet. It was the iOS 13 beta. And so that was one of those cases where literally nobody had asked that question yet. 
Yeah. But yeah. with Swift UI, that's a decent possibility for even now. Like we've had it for, uh, let's see, it came out in September. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've had it for a while now, but there are still so many things that are unknown that uh, you could be the first person to ask that question. Well, and, and not even not even now, right? Because Swift UI still has a limited API coverage, also so they're that. they're yeah. missing Swift UI doesn't have all the UI Kit components, mm-hmm. like a, it's missing UI Collection View, right? And that's big. That's really and that's big. that's that's really big. But you know, if you're writing Swift UI now, and then you know when when Swift UI 2.0 gets released and it has UI Collection View, that's when you might run into the I can't figure out the answer to this question, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, just because you find the, the questions, the answers to the questions you're looking for now, doesn't mean in the future when they start expanding the API coverage that you won't run into this, uh, same issue. Yeah. So I, I think just like thinking about all of this and settling down, let's say, and oftentimes we, 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 assume that uh you know those of you listening to this podcast are interested in making this your career so we've we spoke a little bit about the hobbyists but for those of you who want to make this your career um should you start studying swift ui now um and i would say i would wait a little bit longer but you can start dipping your toe and getting familiar with it now yeah. Uh, I think it, it depends on how well you know UIKit, right? Yeah. Like, like if, if you, you're if still... If you feel like you already have UIKit kind of down and you understand it and you could go mm-hmm. through an interview process, then, you know, you can learn Swift UI. If, if yeah. you are approaching Swift kind of brand new and you don't know anything about UIKit and you don't know anything about Swift UI, yeah. um, you may want to lean more towards Swift UI because as I mentioned earlier, you're not going to find many jobs that are looking for only Swift UI experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also keep in mind the massive changes that occurred in Swift if you were an early adopter. Um, <laughs> you mean Swift 2.0 to Swift 3 or Swift uh, 2 to Swift 3? Yeah, Swift I wasn't even around for that. I was. Yeah. I started in Swift 3. Yeah. But by the time I started learning, whenever I looked for answers to questions, what I found were people complaining about how everything was broken. Yeah. So it's just like <laughs> that's something you want to keep in mind. It's not that they're going to do that, they, it, but they very well could. I mean, this is such like we're still so early in this framework that there's a lot that could easily change in the next few years. Um, so keep that in mind. It's, it's good to start learning it because if you are planning on making, uh, iOS development, your career, like myself and you, Zach, um, we should probably start learning this because this will become incredibly important <laughs> in, you know, three to five years. Um, that's, that's when this, like having the skills and the foundation to understand what people are talking about, be able to work in Swift UI and convert UI kit code to, to Swift UI code. Um, that will be incredibly important, but I would say don't drop everything and start learning yeah. just Swift UI yet. <laughs> um, we're not quite there. Um, but, uh, it is incredibly ex- exciting. 
it's it's a lot of fun to work with too. I've I'm working through chapter two of the book right now, and it it reminds me of when I was first learning UI Kit. Honestly, mm-hmm. when everything still felt kind of magical because I was going oh, from yeah. the web world yeah. where everything felt a little clunky and it interface builder builder felt real smooth. I could just lay out everything the way I wanted to before I ran the app to know whether, you know, it was going to look the way. And then that's provided the constraints are all set correctly. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Um, but it, it really feels the same way. Like I, I can write code on the left hand side of my screen and then watch as the right hand side of my screen that has the view that will be what I'm writing. Like as it starts to populate, as it starts to get built. Yeah. And, you know, what's funny is like we can actually start taking advantage of the previews, not to their fullest extent, but we can use UI kit to take advantage of previews as well. Um, and maybe we that'll be a future topic, um, but uh, uh, you could actually uh, what you could actually essentially project <laughs> your UI code, your, your view controller code into that preview area. And so you could uh, you could actually see your preview while writing programmatic views. Mm-hmm. It's pretty yep. neat. Yeah, but it's really it's really really cool. Yeah. Um. So is that it, or do you want to kind of to kind of give a couple of uh, UI Kit class names and their Swift UI counterparts? Um. I I feel like people can can research that themselves. Uh, but uh, yeah, in, in general, well, can, I, can I bring up the the one that <laughs> that trips me up the most? Sure, go for it's it. UI label to text. Yeah, that is a little for, interesting. Yeah. For some reason, I I can't wrap my head around the fact that UI Kit's UI label is now Swift UI's text. I mean, and text. It should be, it should text be easy. makes think think about when you're talking to a designer and, and you, well, yes. they don't know what a label is necessarily. Right. Right, but I don't I don't know why. But that is the one that I can't wrap my head around right now. Yeah. Yeah, you, you've you've gotten into old, you know, the habit. It's a label, right? <laughs> exactly, and I, yeah. I, I assume like all text is just text, which is what this kind of is. But yeah, it uh, it's going to take a little getting used to. Um, yeah, but that doesn't mean that you can't get used to it. Yeah, and and you will, uh, and and like we mentioned before, how's the time to start dipping your toe into it? Get familiar with it. Don't think that this is going to be the you know the the end all be all of Swift UI because it's going to change significantly in the next mm-hmm. several years. Yep. So, but very exciting. Um, and uh, man, I cannot wait. I I want this now uh, as <laughs> as our our way of doing things. But I have to sit patiently for the next few years. <laughs> and you learn. can always spin up a project of your own. Oh yeah, I will be doing that to to learn and. You know, um, it would be cool to do some like personal projects that I, I publish on the App Store that are Swift UI solely. But um, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Maybe that's how you I can practice. finally write that write that Mac app you've been wanting to write. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I think that that does it for that topic. Uh, I believe we do have a shout out today. So Zach, I'll let you uh, take it away. Sure, this is from uh, Quick Slow in the UK, five stars. The title is Fun and Informative. 
Uh, Quick Slow goes on to say, always really look forward to this podcast. Often gives me motivation when I'm struggling to work on my side project after work. Much love from an iOS dev deep in or dev in the UK. Keep up the great work. Um, Quick Slow, I'm happy that we can uh, provide that motivation for you on your side project after work. I know from experience how hard it can be to get off of work and then go home and do oh, more yeah. work. Yeah. Uh, there are some days when it feels great and it's extremely liberating. There's mm-hmm. some days when you're looking at your your computer and you're thinking, why did I start this in the first place? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, 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 I'm kind of in that place right now. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's this, <laughs> I've got a side project that I would like to spend some time on, but I haven't motivated to do it. Uh, maybe I should just listen to our podcast a little bit more and maybe I'll get motivated. <laughs> but uh, I love your name, by the way, uh, Quick Slow. That's, <laughs> that's really fun. Uh, and thank you for uh, that, great, uh, that great review. Yep. Um, now we can get on to some Fireside Swift stuff. I want to reiterate that this was kind of a, an overview of the first chapter of Paul Hudson's Swift UI by example. Um, if you're interested in it, you can go, go out, pick it up yourself. Um, he has it available for free, and we're going to have that link in our show notes. So if you want the offline version and to support Paul, um, go to, to hackingwithswift.com and you can go go pick it up. But if you want to just read through the book for free, it's all on hackingwithswift.com. It's a whole book free? I thought it was just first chapter. I think the whole book is free. Wow. I, I bought it. I bought it. Yeah, I bought it too. I want Paul to keep giving me information <laughs> <laughs> well you know, he also updates it right like uh yes. yeah so it's well, that's, like, that's the great thing is like yeah. i buy it i'm not worried about you know uh swift ui 2.0 and it being out of date and having to rebuy it again yeah so highly recommend uh hacking with swift uh books they are fantastic well written funny um <laughs> what was it th- oh geez i was gonna make a note of it i forgot he he what did something turn into? It's like, oh, it was an elephant, right? Yeah, he said. He said if UI Kit gets replaced by Apple or by an elephant from <laughs> Apple, da- dancing elephant or something yeah, like that, it shouldn't matter to us. We can do whatever we want to do in Swift UI. Yeah, and we just have to trust that Apple has made all of the connections back to that dancing elephant to get everything to work. Yeah, so you can fill your boots with uh, tons <laughs> dancing of elephants. dancing elephants and Paul <laughs> Hudson humor. Uh, it's it's fantastic. Paul Hudson yeah. humor is some of the best humor. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Actually, uh, this – sorry, this this is not in the show notes. It, it This conversation reminded me though. Uh, <laughs> so Paul Hudson is going to do something on Monday. So this is going to be after – he's going to do this before this podcast comes out. Okay. Um, he's going to run – or at least he, he said he was going to try to. Uh, so everybody keep keep your eye on uh, Paul Hudson's YouTube channel. Um, he's going to try to run a Swift trivia oh. contest. Something like it's going to be it's fun. supposed to be fun and lighthearted, uh, kind of like a 15 minute HQ trivia style quiz uh, revolving around Swift. Okay. So he's. He said he was going to try to do it Monday. He might. It might be later. He was. <laughs> so this is going to be way late. Okay. So. But you can always go and go back to his YouTube channel and watch it on uh, on replay. There you go. And he does a lot of fun things. So just follow his YouTube channel and you'll, yes. you'll have a great time. 
Yes. Uh, I'm also not sure how much he, of that he wanted me to say, but I just put it out there. Um, <laughs> Paul, we love you, and I apologize. Uh, now you have to do it. Now you he have was to do wondering it. if it was a good idea. Now you have there to you do go. it. There you go. <laughs> uh, next up is um, a fellow weird Swifter, which is the meetup that I enjoy going to when I have the chance to here in Austin. Uh, his name's Trent Guillory. He's starting a contest for developing Swift UI elements. Mm. Um, so it's going to challenge developers to make a, a component library based on a one-line theme. So the theme that's running this week is card swiping component. So something like a Tinder or Apple's old album flow or what, whatever you know that may mean to you. Um, the competitions are only going to be a week, right? So you don't have this huge amount of time that you're committed for. Um, and it doesn't, you don't need to know a bunch of, of coding, right? Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be fun and creative and you're supposed to just be able to answer, you know, what can Swift UI do, uh, to submit. If you want to do this, if you want to take part of this, you want to submit your project, you reply to the pin tweet. Um, the Twitter handle is at Swift bounty, uh, with the repo of your project and the one that has the most likes in the end will win. Very um, cool. As far as as far as what you quote unquote win, there's nothing. It's just bragging rights. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's supposed to be a, a fun and lighthearted contest. Uh, contest. It's funny because I retweeted uh, what Trent put out there, and Kilo Loco said this sounds like a scam. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Kilo Kyle was wrong. Um, it's it's not a business. It's not backed by a business trying to get you to re- do free work for them. It's <laughs> it's just a guy who thought something would be interesting and fun to do. Uh, and so he's giving it a shot, and I want to support him giving it a shot. So uh, if y'all are interested, go look up at Swift Bounty on Twitter, and uh, you can learn more there. And by the time this podcast goes out, I think the first contest will be wrapping up. So you'll have a chance to kind of go out and look at what other people have done and vote on it. Very cool. I mean, with a name like at Swift Bounty, I would also think scam. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's uh, Fireside Swift had a god-awful icon. Uh, for the first <laughs> solid year and a half, uh, so, the bounty hunters—they're the uh, the scum of the galaxy. But they're um, the coolest scum of the galaxy. <laughs> so, uh, should we talk about Sean Allen's course again? Sure. Let's let's wrap it up with uh, Sean Allen's course. I guess I've been a salesman for a little bit now. I'll continue that. You're right so good now. at it. Uh, <laughs> don't don't even. <laughs> um, so yeah, Sean—he's got a course out right now that is centered around the take-home iOS project. Um, He's a guy that knows what he's talking about when it comes to a take-home iOS project because he has been both on the giving and receiving end of them. So he knows how to write code that will be critiqued as well as how to critique the code you write when you're going out and trying to impress somebody with your take-home project. Because the reality is, you know, you're going to be put up against a number of people um, and the way you can approach a take-home project is just many-fold, right? Like, if you go back and you listen to episode 125, I believe, uh, that was all One, about the take 126. It was last week. Okay. There's been so much that this happened. So last week's episode, 126. Um, if you go back and you listen to that, you can hear just the myriad of things that can happen with a, with a simple take-home project. Um, you know, if you're looking for guidance, if you're looking to – you know, land your first job and you want a little help. Uh, Sean's got a course that will 
hopefully give you that help. Um, now we've kind of partnered with him. Uh, we have a code or we have a link that will get you 15% off of the price of the course. You know, I was like, Sean, listeners of Fireside Swift, they, they want to do these take home projects. Well, let's help them out. And he was like, fine, just here's your code. (laughs) Thank you. So that that code will be in the show notes. Um, if you want to be like uh, Christo Numbers, uh, who wrote in earlier to say mm-hmm. that he had he had purchased the uh, the show or the content, go click on that link, pick it up, and um, you know get a little better at the take home project. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thank you all for coming out, and we will see you all next week. Y'all have a good one. It's such a good feeling to be at the end. Happy feeling that there may have been a mistake or two. So we'd like to hear from you. Twitter's great, Breaker might beat it. Email's fine, but we rarely read it. But we love five star reviews. And we promise to mention you. So get a pen and write this down. <laughs> Just kidding, who's got pens around? Still, they'd love to hear from you. Steve Berard and Zach Bellew Tweet at Zach and have some fun At T-F-A-L-G Or you do one At T-F-A-L-G Or you do one He'll write back when his work is done Tweet at Steve and you will see Clever use of the emoji At S-W-B E-R-A-R-D Fireside Swift has its own handle so you can burn three sides of the candle at Farside underscore Swift. At Farside underscore Swift. And if your message is a little too long, there's Farside Swift at gmail.com and FarsideSwift.com. FarsideSwift.com. New iPhone SE. Oh, new phone. Yes, new iPhone SE. New iPhone SE. And I'm wondering if that's the phone I should get. Hmm. I didn't look to see if it had NFC capabilities. It should. I would be yeah, surprised it if it didn't. <laughs> yeah, it, it should because it's it's the same if the iPhone body. If the iPhone 7 had it, I would think. Yeah. It's a, the, it's, I, I think the, the new SE is basically the iphone 8 with better like a better chip well it's like the iphone and then like the iphone 11 guts inside an iphone 8 body yes essentially yeah yeah so yeah actually in that sense it should be the phone you get actually um who was it that brought it up today uh Somebody said, "Oh, it was, it was it was during work. We were talking about it, like at a, at a, in a meeting, and somebody mentioned the iPhone SE, and uh, I, I mentioned like uh, somebody was saying like, oh, I should get. Oh, it was in our stand up this morning, and one of the Android guys said like, you know, that's it's that's a really good deal. Like <laughs> <It> that's <is. laughs> like I if I use iOS, I would get that phone. Like that's just ridiculous. That's that's mm-hmm. such a good deal." Um, and I was like, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't, now that I've like gotten used to Face ID, I couldn't switch down to Touch ID. And somebody made the comment, it's like, 
Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna hate that face ID when you're wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> you need to use touch ID. Went, oh yeah, <laughs> we're all gonna hate face ID real soon. Yep. And they actually made the the observation is like, I wonder if they like did that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Look, touch ID's coming back, coming back, making yeah. a strong comeback. So I mean, given the price point and the technology involved, like I I don't need something super crazy i've I've got a 6s that i'm perfectly happy with the only reason that i want to upgrade now is because the battery is starting to finally fail Mm. uh and i could use more storage right like i I don't need like an insane camera uh face id would be cool i I would like to have the nicer screen but do i need that is that something that's going to make a big difference in my life not really yeah. Um, again, especially coming from a 6S, right? Like, I don't know yeah, if you I would, could go. Yeah. I don't know if you could go to like the the 10 or the 10S or the 11 and then go back. Yes, to exactly. That, size. that would be much, much harder to do. Yeah. But I'm thinking, I'm like, man, this, it kind of looks like the phone for me. Uh, the price point is absolutely incredible for, for the, an yeah, Apple product. <laughs> For an Apple product with the power that thing's packing, yeah, that's that's a great deal. Yeah, I was I was planning on spending probably around a thousand dollars for a new phone. Yeah, what's four hundred bucks, right? Uh, yes, and I would. Well, I think it's around there. I would get the two fifty six gig. I just so I feel it's like hundred bucks more or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I feel because I fill up my phone with you know videos and pictures mm-hmm. of the girls and stuff. How much um, are you using now, though? It's it's up there. <laughs> Look at mine real quick. It's up there, um, and I know my wife is con- like she's having to delete stuff right now because hers is so full. She hates. She wants everything on device. Oh right? yeah, yeah. And so I feel like I have a lot on my phone, but then again, I don't take a ton of pictures. I've been taking more, but they don't have a ton of pictures. I'm using 83 gig of my 256. Oh, nice. Yeah, well, see, we also only have 128, and we're bumping. That was, the, that was the biggest wow. size a 6S could okay. be. Okay. All right. Well, then, yeah, you take more pictures than I do. But you also have children. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think 256 would probably be as big as we probably need to go for a while. Um, yeah. And, again, I've also had this phone for nearly four years, right? So. Mm-hmm. Filling up 120, whatever, 28 gigs over four mm. years isn't, like, insane, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially when, you know, there was moving to a new house, uh, mm-hmm. lots of birthdays, a pregnancy, a birth. <laughs> yeah. I mean, exactly. That's the, the photos and videos yeah. are where that's at. Yeah. And that, that you- kind of eats up all the... Do you pay for a plan to, like, use Apple Photos and, like, basically back up all your photos? We we are going to do that. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the next plan. But, again, we, we it's nice to have everything on device because the girls mm-hmm. like looking at stuff. Yeah. And it's, it's just so much nicer to not have to download the random stuff that they want to see because you never know they'll be mm-hmm. like what what was that thing i did three years ago i remember we were out with the family mm-hmm. there was a park uh <laughs> and it's just yeah. it is, it's, it's a benefit right like it's nice to have it just already there yeah so i i where do you even see where do you see what you pay for icloud 
iCloud is one twenty a year, right? And then like ten bucks a month. Well, I'm trying to f- figure out like where is it managed storage? That's probably it. So like I I, I slowly got into it. Oh yeah, change storage plan. There we go. Um. Yeah. So I I started with. Let's see what what are the options here. I keep trying to say something and then I'm just like <laughs> getting distracted. Um, I I can't type my password. <laughs> you man, the suspense is killing me. I have I no know. idea what's gonna come. Okay, next. so like, of course, like you start with like the five gig for free, right? right Which is ne- not even close nothing, to enough. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like it is not hard to upgrade to that 99 cents per month, right? Yeah, what, and what's the 99 cent? That's 50 gig, 50 gig. 50, okay. Which was good for me for a very long time. Like that was mm-hmm. that was a great tier. It's only a dollar a month, that's $12 a year. Yeah, that's, that's not like bad. I could, <laughs> barely yeah, even I, noticed I, that. I could swing 12 bucks a year. Yeah, and then uh, I think I think it was like a hundred gig. Like recently, I think they they upped it to two hundred gig, but it was like a hundred gig for uh, three dollars a month. Mm-hmm. Well, I eventually had to switch to that because I was hitting getting close to that limit with my photos. Yeah. So, and this is like maybe uh, a little over a year ago, maybe two years ago, that I switched to that hundred gig, which was mm-hmm. like three dollars a month. So <laughs> again. Not it's three times more expensive. <laughs> it's three times more expensive, but it's still only three dollars a month. So it's like, all right, no big deal. Yeah. I end up switching to the terabyte, which is now two terabytes <laughs> for ten dollars a month. Yeah. Once I got used to throwing stuff on my desktop and just uh, just 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 letting iCloud sync take care it, of it. Yeah, be sucked up into the cloud. And in particular, I blame you because uh, that's mm-hmm. where I put like a lot of my podcast stuff. <laughs> so, like all our audio files end up like living on my desktop for quite a long time before I back them up on <laughs> another storage. And so that's like the main reason I have that. But it's it's ten dollars a month is like less than Netflix, and I I, I get to have all my photos like synced between all my devices and you know having that shared desktop shared documents folder it's yeah. it's so nice yeah um i think we're actually going to go with amazon photos mm. to to start out with uh mainly because we have an amazon fire tv <laughs> and i get that getting the photos onto the tv like that that the girls love that right because you, yeah, I can see that. But are you okay with like reduced quality? Yeah. Like, yeah, like. Yeah, I'm, I'm not super okay. worried about that. I don't. I don't. They don't need to be sharp. They just need to be there. Is essentially where we're at. Even when you're older and you want to look at it, you want to see like crappy yeah. pictures. Well, okay. but when we're older, our <laughs> eyes are going to be going anyway. Everything's going to look okay, dull. All right. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> it's everything's blurry. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. Like, I think one of the biggest things is, like, I really, really, really love live photos. Yeah. You won't have that with Amazon. Mm, again, that's... I take zero live photos. I Every photo I take is a live photo. I have noticed that. 
Uh, I love it. I love it so much. I'm either photo or video. I'm not this in between thing I think where you live. Particularly with kids, I'm, I, that really surprised me. But maybe because you've always been worried about your storage. Um, yeah. But I mean that that is true. Once we bump it up, yeah. I, may, I may be taking. <laughs> Yeah, because I I love like taking pictures of like my my nephews, uh, because like usually what happens is like okay, so you're gonna get some good pictures, um, you know, from time to time, and like you know some you have to potentially throw away, (laughs) yeah. But sometimes like maybe you only get a chance to take a few pictures of something that's really cute, and like they didn't turn out great, but now you can use the live photo to potentially scan around and find a better version of that photo. And that becomes your key, your, yeah. your key photo. Right. Um, but then it, there's those other times where the photo itself is not like great, but the video that gets captured is the <laughs> most adorable thing on the planet. And you're like, Oh my goodness. I'm so glad I got that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that has happened more times than I can count, particularly with young kids. Right. Yeah, and again, that I can see myself probably using that more. And um, then when the when it cr- turns into those memories, the uh, you know Apple kind of yeah. their algorithms throw together. Yeah, it will mix the live photos with, uh, you know, with the stills. Mm-hmm. It's magical. <laughs> yeah, and and if all of your photos are live photos, it does a really good job of like, you know, this one. It, yeah, exactly. Like these yeah. are the. This is the one that has like the kid saying something cute. I don't know how it knows that, but it figures <laughs> that out. It's and not. So that's like, not terrifying at all. <laughs> it's not terrifying at all. Um, yeah, so it will use that, you know, as the the live photo. But then like other ones where it's just like people smiling, like it'll just use that. It it's, it does an incredibly good job with that. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if I started doing more of that in the future if I upgraded. Um, you really I ha- should. I haven't upgraded yet, but wow, it's kind of hard for me not to at yeah. this point. Like, again, they kind of took away all the excuses I had, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> well, I was thinking about upgrading this year, just later on this year when they yeah. released the newer phones. And then I see this yep. and I'm like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know that I'm going to need the top of the line, crazy powerful stuff that comes out later. I just, that's not really what I need my phone for. And I'm an iPhone developer. Like I'm again, success. It has gotten me here (laughs) and I, it has stayed true and it has been fantastic. Not without Um, me complaining to you from time to time. Oh no, you, but I'm used to you complaining. So that (laughs) that's fine too. That's like that, you know, I deal with my memory issues just like I deal with you complaining. It's something I've gotten used to. (laughs) Uh, So are are you thinking you you and Lauren would upgrade? Oh, Lauren has pretty much already pulled the trigger on it. Like she's ready to go. Yeah. When Uh, does it come out? What's the day? Tomorrow? It's like next week. I went up for pre-order today. Did you do that? I didn't. I don't think Lauren had yet. Okay. But I, I think she's probably going to pre-order before before we talk next week. I would cool. be surprised if she didn't because she she takes more photos than I do. Um, yeah, and she's been like, you know I keep having to delete things on my phone and it's terrible. And yeah. again, she she backs everything up as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but she she loves having it all right there, and that's mm-hmm. it's like it's very comforting for her, and I get it. Um, 
because there's stuff on my phone that I don't want going anywhere either, uh, just because it's it's so nice to have. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, it's stuff that you know, I, if it's on my phone, I feel more secure about it. So it's like the really really special stuff, right? Yeah. Um, and that's every picture for her, right? Like she mm-hmm. doesn't want to delete anything because everything is so special, and that, that that's. Yeah that's awesome um and so yeah she's she's been having to delete stuff lately and it's been driving her nuts yeah yeah it's definitely time yeah so she's gonna she's gonna double her her storage space and be very excited plus you know we'll probably get into the habit of backing up more often once we have a service to back up more reliably Mm -hmm. too Yeah, yeah um and then yeah it'll be uh it'll be a new way to to kind of live with the technology at hand. But I mean, again, I've had this phone for four years. Uh, there have been many iterations on the iPhone since I bought this one. <laughs> um, so I'd be, I'd be excited to get whatever kind of new tech I could get. Right. Like mm-hmm. everything's going to be such a huge upgrade to me. I thought about getting the XR for a little while. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, and that's a good phone. That's a really good phone. And again, like I, I don't need something crazy top of the line that's going to be able to do a million things at once. I've I'm seen. curious if the iPhone SE, though, has a, a passive NFC scanner. That will be something I look into because that could, that could uh, and actually I already talked to Lauren about that. I was like, this is something that, you know, needs to be in the next phone I get. Yeah. So I would be I'm curious about that. What did what did the iPhone 8 have? It has an active uh, NFC scanner. I don't think. Yeah, the 8 did not have because the 8 was out with the 10, right? The 10 and the 8 came out together. Or was it the SE? The, the 10 or came sorry, out the, after not the SE. Uh, so, 10, so no, I think the 10 and the 8 came out at the same time. Yeah, the ten, the ten and the eight came out at the same time. I because it was the ten S. Yeah, the ten S right. came out with a ten R. It was right, yep. the the ten R and the ten S that has the passive NFC scanner, um, which is uh, interesting. It's 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 rarely used now, but like <laughs> the 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 basic idea is your NFC scanner is always on in a way, mm-hmm. broadcasting. And then if you, well, not always on, it's like your screen actually has to be on. So yeah. um, as long as the screen is on, it's it's broadcasting. And if you go up to an NFC chip, it can read it and potentially like it will it will show you a card at the top of your phone of if you want to activate it, you know, do mm-hmm. something with it. Like if it's a website or or something or text or phone call or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's that's kind of uh the big caveat that i need to check into before i do anything so yeah but i mean i think it's i think it's exciting i'm really uh happy to see apple offer it at a lower price point like such such a good Mm -hmm. value at such a lower price point it's kind of shocking to me yeah yeah it's not a very apple normal move (laughs) no it's not yeah but i mean it's a great look Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm It really, really is. And I'm, I'm curious how many, because I think like this is the kind of phone that will work for 98% of the people that buy Apple hardware. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like not everybody needs the 
iPhone 11 Max Pro, right? And, the, yeah, and it's going to open up. That's basically a computer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it's going to open up like a whole new, essentially markets for them, for like people that were interested in getting yep. a top quality Apple phone, but didn't want to spend that much, don't need all the, the gimmicks and whatnot. Yeah. Um, all the features. So yeah. It's, it's really cool. It's really interesting, and I'm happy to see that they did it. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Um, I did the opposite of you. I spent uh, <laughs> a decent amount of money on an Apple product that I don't need. Oh, um, nice. Uh, do you have any idea what it is? Um, let's see. I'm. Tr- is it Apple TV? Nope. Is it what the heck? It's an Apple product. Is it? Mm, is it hardware or software? Hardware. Hardware. Did you buy another iPad? I did not. Okay. Did you buy another watch? Nope. Did you buy... Wait, did you buy a computer? Nope. Okay. okay. <laughs> not a watch. Not. Did you buy a phone? Nope. <laughs> Hold on. What? Did, <laughs> you have... You have AirPods. And I, I, I'll I'll give you a hint. Uh, this is a really big hint. It also came out this week. That at least you're able to order it this week. Uh, see, I don't I don't know the app. The ISE came out like that. That kind of took all my uh, attention. Something else. Something else. else came out. Like what this week. else came out this week? <laughs> what was it? I don't know. What is it? It's the the new keyboard for the iPad Pro. Oh, a peripheral. I know, right? So it wasn't an iPad, but it was iPad adjacent. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so the the new keyboard, the the one that has the hinge that floats, you know, it's a floating mm-hmm. hinge yep. uh, and has the trackpad. So I forgot, I guess it's called the Magic Keyboard or something like that. Yeah. Um, that uh, just went like... They said it wasn't going to be available to order till May, and they just opened it up this week and said, yeah, you can order it now. You pre-order it now. It's going to oh, wow. ship in a week. Um, yeah, and so what's crazy about it is, like, I don't have the newest iPad Pro, but, and this is, again, another weird move for Apple, The um, they made this keyboard also work with the prior model of the iPad Pro. Really? Yeah, so you don't need, you still need the one that has like the face ID and, and that. It's not the one before that. It has the right connector to it. But this uh, this keyboard will work with my iPad as well as the one that came out, you know, just a little while ago. Wow. You'll have to tell me how, how that is. I will. Yeah, I'll let you know. Um, I, I'm freaking stoked about it because <laughs> it, it will, like I use my iPad a lot. Uh, the other day, I was it, the, it, the weather was so beautiful. I was outside um, on my patio, um, and you know, since I don't, it, it's nice to work with multiple monitors. I mm-hmm. decided to take my iPad out there, hook it up to my uh, my laptop, and I use Sidecar. And so I had my iPad I was using as a second monitor. Um, <laughs> nice. You know, it, it was super cool. <laughs> you know? I mean, and, that's. That's got to be such a huge benefit for people who 
you know, take their laptops around and work in like coffee shops yep. and whatnot to yep. have just this extra screen real estate. Um, mm-hmm. That is essentially something you can throw in a bag or a backpack or something and take around with you relatively easily. Yeah, as long as you have that USB cable, USB, you're sorry, USB C to USB C cable. Um, technically, you don't need a power cable after that point. Like you, it, and you probably have a USB C to USB C because you've got the power cable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, in all reality, like they're both, they both have battery. So right. like you could just go to a coffee shop and set up and have multiple monitors, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It works great. Um, and yeah, so that that's super awesome. The, the problem is like I will want to tap on my screen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I notice myself doing that. Like I'm like like on uh, Safari, like browsing Jira issues or something like that. I try to like tap <laughs> on the screen to edit it. I'm like, oh, uh, no, I kind of switch over gonna, to my happen. laptop keyboard. <laughs> Yeah, and this is going to make it even more like a laptop because mm-hmm. now it's got a trackpad, and I'm I'm curious if I don't know if they have this functionality yet, but I wonder if the trackpad and keyboard will work for either computer. Um, if you have it hooked up for sidecar, that would be yeah. really interesting. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, that that should be very cool. Wow. Yeah. No, I'm I'm really interested to hear what you have to say about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that should ship and arrive. It should ship ship soon and arrive in a week or two. So sweet. I'll let you know. Yeah, yeah. Sweet, sweet. iPad typing. Yeah. <laughs> and and iPhone using. That's, and that's what iPhone you're doing. using exactly. <laughs> Touch ID using. I guess. Ding! That's for that's for Mr. McSwift face. <laughs> 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 <laughs>